You're listening to A Walk Across Texas State. It's Tori and Emily, and today we have the pleasure of interviewing Cody Taylor, who is an alum of Texas State and the co-owner of Industry, which is a restaurant here in San Marcos. We talked a lot about his experience being an entrepreneur in the restaurant industry and learned a lot, and we really hope you enjoy it. Well, awesome. Well, welcome, Cody, to A Walk Across Texas State. Thank you. Yeah. Um, How's your day going so far? It's pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, not bad. Awesome. (laughs) Well, we, I think all of us have definitely been to industry because we've all been there together now that I think about it. So I don't know. Do you have a favorite dish on the menu? Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one. I eat there all the time, Yeah. (laughs) which I think is a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't gotten tired of the food yet. Yeah. And I've been eating there pretty religiously now for about three years. I think my current favorite right now is... I take the taco salad, but it comes with an avocado crema. Uh-huh. I swap out our um, poblano ranch we make in-house oh, for yeah. that. It's kind of been my, my kick uh, recently. Nice. So it, it, it goes back and forth between a few dishes. Yeah. 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 Emily, what's yours? I love the Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're so, so good. good. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> what about you, Tori? I think my favorite, and I haven't had it in too long, is the the smoked taft chicken mm-hmm. Oh, with the chimichurri sauce. Oh, oh yeah. So good. You got to come with an appetite for that one. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's big. Substantial <laughs> <Yeah>. dish. <laughs> it definitely is. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, so we're kind of curious just to know how did you, how did the vision of industry come to be and how did you really get started in the restaurant industry? Okay. Um, I guess I'll start with how I got started and then kind of flow into Perfect. industry. Yeah. Uh, that makes logical sense. Um, you know, I grew up in South Texas in, in Goliad, small mm. town. And my father's, um, one of his, actually his best friend, growing up, owned a restaurant in town. And so when I was 13 years old, um, I was a busboy in that restaurant just on the weekends. So just like really Saturday and Sunday, mm-hmm. that was my job. And, uh, you know, back then, minimum wage was four twenty-five an hour. And I would, I'd work my butt off, you know, busting tables in that restaurant. It was an old, long shotgun style building. So that was really my first taste of it. And, and at that point it really wasn't, Hey, I want to work in restaurants. It was more of like my parents made me work. Sure. <laughs> Here's a job. I'll do it. Um, but that, that really did start this journey that that's ended up where I'm at, at, at now. And, and so, you know, high school, I worked at that restaurant then I went to another restaurant, uh, when I was 15 and, um, was busting tables there. Um, I had the permit that where I could drive when I was 15. So, oh, nice. um, I was driving to work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just kind of bounced around a few restaurants. Uh, so that restaurant and then back to impresario. Uh, and then I ended up, you know, moving to college station to start my college career, which was a, another long journey. <laughs> and, uh, I worked at numerous restaurants in the college station, um, before, um, you know, eventually coming to Texas State and getting a degree and then taking over ownership of a restaurant. Um, so that's kind of a quick, real quick journey yeah. of, of where <laughs> and how I got, you know, to where I'm at at this point with it. Yeah, awesome. Well, you mentioned a bit about your your college journey being a little longer, perhaps. Oh, yeah. um, so I'm curious to, to hear a little bit more about that and how you ended up at, at Texas State and how you chose what you decided to study. Sure, yeah. Um, good questions. So, you know, when I, when I graduated high school, I did not really plan for my future very well as far as um, college applications and doing all that. I, I, I took the SAT when I was a junior and I never took it again, mm-hmm. you know, and I could have done better on that, but I just never was really thinking a lot about 
what happens after high school. And my parents are great. Um, but you know, it, I think, you know, some kids that come from families where their parents went to college and their parents' parents went to college, there's a different kind of mindset of this is what you have to do to go mm -hmm. next. And, you know, mine was a little bit more open. Do you want to keep working? You want to go to school? You know, they always emphasize that, that I needed to get a college degree. Um, but either way, when I left high school, um, I was, uh, I was a blend buccaneer in college station. Oh, so yeah. I signed up for community college and, uh, which actually turned out to be a really good move because, um, I don't have any college debt. Uh, you know, I graduated with like $4,000 of debt. That was just me being kind of dumb when I was younger, <laughs> but nothing like what a lot of kids face when they get out of college these days. So mm -hmm. I ended up wasting a lot of time at that two-year college, um, I've turned into a four-year college, um, <laughs> with two years worth of work done. Um, but at that point I was working, I was working in restaurants. Um, I, I quit school a few times to take jobs that were out of state. So I was kind of in this, this period of my life where I was trying to really figure out what I want to do and you know, who I want to be and things like that. And so I was kind of dipping my toes in the traditional college track. Okay. I, I know this is important. I should definitely do this. At that point, I had no idea what I would have even majored in if I had mm -hmm. to have chosen. Um, and I was also exploring these job opportunities that were anything from restaurant work to oil field work, um, to leasing in the oil field, not necessarily like on the rigs, but actually I was in Mississippi for a summer where I was going to people's houses and negotiating like how much per acre mm. if we come out and lease it to look for gas or whatnot. So I was doing all kinds of cool stuff, um, but I kept kind of going back to school and going back to school and back to school. And then finally I got to a point um, where it was time for me to, to, to make that next step in college. Because um, again, that was always something that I wanted to accomplish was getting a college degree. Even though at that point I still didn't know how is this, what am I going to do with this? Mm -hmm. Who do I want to be when I grow up? I don't really know. Mm -hmm. And I got to work this weekend at the restaurant. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that, I mean, that was really a, a good part of, uh, of what I was doing, just kind of doing both. Um, and so, uh, I finally got to a point where I, um, decided I need to, I need to pick a college and graduate from Blinn <laughs> yeah, sure. and get into a, a university so I can actually finish a degree. And, um, I actually was uh, accepted to the university of British Columbia and also oh. to Texas State, yeah. And um, me and a buddy actually packed up all of our stuff and um, saved up a bunch of money and drove to Seattle with the plans of crossing over mm -hmm. and uh, I was gonna finish my degree at the University of British Columbia. So oh. this would have been like 2000 and, I think 2002. Um, is that right? Is that right? No, this would have been 2005. <laughs> okay. This would have been 2005. <laughs> Um, so I leave college station, we pack up our stuff, we drive up, we, you know, we take this long journey up there. And, uh, at that point I still wasn't quite taking care of business like I needed to. So I didn't even do the research enough to know that you could only get one visa at a time. You sure. could do a student visa or you could do a work visa. You cannot mm -hmm. do both simultaneously. Right. I did not realize this until I got to the campus, met with my advisor in oh, Canada yeah. mm -hmm. and she says, well, you can get a student visa or you can get a work visa. And I said, well, I need both. Um, I work, I, I, at that point I was managing restaurants. It's like, I need a full-time job. Um, well, no, but you can work on campus. And I'm like, I don't know. That's like 20 hours a week, maybe. So that made me really nervous. And at that point, my whole plan kind of fell apart. It's like, man, um, it looks like I need to go back to Texas. So we hung out in Seattle for six months <laughs> <laughs> and then drove back to Texas. Um, where I 
took a job working at Cafe Josie and um, started school at Texas State. Um, at that point, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. I wasn't yet at the point in my work career where I, I was like, okay, restaurants is my thing. I was still kind of holding off, like thinking I'm going to keep doing the restaurant thing. I'm good at it. I love it, but there's something else out there for me. I'm going to keep pursuing this. Um, but I really didn't have much of an, there wasn't really any degrees that really like just, you know, stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. So I chose one that I thought I would really enjoy and Spanish language has always been a, a passion of mine to learn. Mm -hmm. I love Spanish and Mexican cultures. Um, I go down to Mexico as much as I can. I was down there probably six or seven times last year. Cool. I just love being down there. Mm -hmm. um, and so I chose international studies with a business focus and the, the language was Spanish. Nice. So I got to, got to do that, which I didn't realize at the time was upper level Spanish in college is one of the harder things that I did. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there was, there was a few semesters where like, it was like, I thought I was failing the whole time. And my teacher's like, no, 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 the, the, the participation part's a big part of, oh, of the uh -huh. grade. That's just good. stick, <laughs> stick with me, you know? And, and I wanted to just drop the class. Cause I'm like, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to fail. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I stuck with it and I, you know, I ended up, you know, passing everything and, and graduating and all that stuff. But it was a unique moment of like looking at failure and thinking, man, I know I can just drop the class and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's all good, right? Um, not really, um, but I stuck with it. And, uh, and uh, so I ended up getting a degree in, in that um, international studies with a business focus, which actually turned out to be a pretty cool thing because it brought some of my world together. You know, the Spanish component that I love, business, um, international studies, you, you, you do a lot of studying of, of just, you know, international things. So it was really an interesting um, choice for me and I really enjoyed it, you know, going through it here. Yeah. yeah. Well, just listening to you, it seems like Cody, you're, you're pretty down to take risks and <laughs> I'd love to know, like, how did you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, especially when it comes to running your businesses or, or doing some of the adventures you did during your college experience? Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a, that's also another good point because throughout my journey, there were moments where I was literally scared to death about what was going to happen next. Mm -hmm. And it took, you know, somewhat of a blind faith, you know, um, confidence to actually move forward. Um, you know, the first one was when we decided to move to Canada. I'd never, I'd never been away from my family, mm -hmm. you know, that far away. And, you know, specifically my older brother, we're, we're 15 months apart. So, you know, growing up, it was the two of us. So, you know, moving away, um, it really hit me that first day I was on the road where I was just scared and nervous and second guessing myself and doing that. Um, I, I had the benefit, you know, fast forward, you know, when I worked at Cafe Josie before I took that restaurant over, Charles Mays was the owner of that restaurant and he was one of my mentors and he was, he became exactly that. He became somebody that I talked to quite a bit and he kind of guided me um, specifically in the restaurant business, but some of those philosophies definitely, you know, transcend outside the walls of your restaurant. And, um, you know, he, he helped me understand that some of the things that you're doing, you know, once you're feeder to the fire, if, if you're not nervous, if you don't have like, if, if your stomach's not in knots, then something, you're not doing it right. Something's mm -hmm. not, not right. Um, mm -hmm. But the flip side of that was was understanding that that's actually a normal part of the process. Yeah. And so um, realizing that 
has really been the difference maker for me. So, you know, the trip to Canada was kind of nerve wracking, but when I took over Cafe Josie, which would have been in 2012, um, I, that next day it was like, oh man, I'm, I'm the leader of the ship now. Like mm -hmm. this is my restaurant. Mm -hmm. I've got to make, I got to start making the big decisions and things like that. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where there were definitely moments where I just wake up in the middle of the night, you know, kind of freaking out like, oh man, and then calm myself down. It's like, nope, it's going to be fine. Just stay the course. We're going to be good. Um, so I went through a few of those moments early on in my career that kind of helped me understand that this is part of it. And this is the worst thing that you can do in that situation is let that fear hold you back. You really have to find a way to, you know, you don't necessarily have to get over the fear. You just have to accept it. Be like, mm -hmm. okay, it's, it's okay to be a little scared. It's okay to be a little bit nervous. It's okay to not really know exactly what I'm going to do next, but I know I'm going in this direction and I'm going to figure it out, you know? Mm -hmm. So there were definitely times where I, I kind of went in a direction, not really knowing the path. I just knew that I wanted to get down that road. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I kind of had to just go for it and then, trust that I would figure it out along the way, mm -hmm. whatever that actually meant. Um, and so far that has really guided me really well and, um, you know, set me up pretty good with, with industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And I feel like everything you just spoke of is such great advice for our students, right? So a lot of them feel that same way of they're really nervous to take a leap of faith in something that they're interested in doing. Um, and we have a lot of students here that are specifically interested in entrepreneurship. Um, so I was curious, what other tips do you feel like you have for folks that are interested in going into their own business? All of what you just said was amazing advice, but if there's any other tips that you have for, for folks? Ooh, okay. Um, well, you know, it, I think it is kind of normal to not really know, you may not have like your idea of what you want to do completely thought out. I mean, you may have some general ideas and things like that. I think what, what worked to my benefit was that I got into the restaurant business early on. Mm -hmm. And so I realized as I was, you know, working how much I loved it. And then it got to a point of undeniable of like, this is who I am. This is what I do. And I embraced it. And I think I got really fortunate because I wasn't a lost soul for very long. It was like, mm -hmm. okay, I, I know now this is, this is what I'm cut out to do. I think, I think part of it is getting involved in it, the area of focus that you're interested in. So whatever that actually means, if, if you can find a job where you get paid to, to learn your, your, your skill set, um, you know, I think that's really beneficial. Maybe it's a volunteer situation. I mean, if you're interested in, you know, politics and government, things like that, there's all kinds of boards you can mm -hmm. join and you can learn those processes. So I think a big part of it is get out there and, and, you know, start doing the things that you're interested in and just seeing where it's going to go. Right. You know, a big part of being successful is, is not necessarily the grades that you make, but the people that, you know, mm -hmm. the network that you build, um, the reputation that you create for yourself. Um, you know, if you carry yourself in a way that people are gravitated towards you, then more doors are going to open. Mm -hmm. So if you can just get involved in the space that you're interested in, you know, you, things, opportunities will start kind of showing themselves. Um, and you got to be patient. I mean, things take time. Uh, I've been in this business now for 20 plus years. Um, I'm not 40 yet, but that's still, <laughs> that's still a long time in the saddle for, mm -hmm. for one career. Um, and there were a lot of times when I wanted to walk away from it. There were moments when I was looking at other friends 
that were making a lot more money than me. And I was thinking like, man, I can do what they're doing. Right. Why don't I step away from this? Mm-hmm. And again, my mentor was, you know, he's like, Hey man, stay the course. There's, you know, this, there's a good thing. There's stability here. You know, when you can find things you can rely on, that's really important. You want to hold on to those things. Um, so he kind of kept me on the path of, of, of sticking with it. And thank God he did. Cause that's what led to, you know, me owning my first restaurant, which was cafe mm-hmm. Josie. And that ownership led to all the other things that mm-hmm. I'm doing now, including industry and, and things like that. So I think, you know, um, be ready to, to get scared, um, you know, but, but be proactive, have self-confidence. That's probably the most important thing. You have to believe in yourself first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I know it's cliche. It's like a poster on a wall, but it's, it's very <laughs> true because there are moments when you feel alone and you're just kind of going through this and that, that goes, you know, at the beginning of your career, you, you can have those feelings, but there's been times when I was the owner of a restaurant and I felt alone, like I was on an Island, like there's nobody I can talk to about the issues with this restaurant and the financial situations, because, you know, we were struggling. I didn't, you know, I, I'm not referring to industry. I'm talking about my other restaurant, but you know, even on the, on the other side of it, where I was actually at the top of the food chain in that organization, I still had those moments of like, okay, you know, what am I doing? How do I, how do I move this thing forward? Um, and, and some moments of feeling kind of like on an island. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's something that, you know, you'll, you might experience it throughout your career. It's just one of those things you, you know, you just like push through it and keep your head up and, you know, it should all work out. Yeah. With, with starting industry and, and your other project of bringing back Valentino's, I'm curious about your process with that and what the differences look like between starting something new and bringing something back to life. Sure. Yeah. So, um, industry, um, myself and my business partner, Harlan Scott, we probably started working on this mentally, you know, two years before it opened year and a half before it opened. Um, you know, cause that process, um, you know, unless you can own the building, you're, you, you start with the landlord, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then you do the lease negotiations. And then as soon as you get that squared away, which could take anywhere from a month to six months to a year, then you get into actually, you know, the permitting process with the, the city or county that you're in. So you've got quite a bit of time while you're going through the, the, the paperwork to be really creating your, your business. Um, Harley and myself come from fine dining backgrounds. Um, Cafe Josie was an elevated dining experience. Um, and so when we sat down basically with a blank sheet of paper to create what is now industry, we started with, we want to have a restaurant where we can actually make money. (laughs) (laughs) Truth be told, uh, restaurant business is really hard. The hours are long. I've put in more hours than anybody should ever have to do at this point, which is fine because I love what I do. Um, especially when I was younger, um, those like college days working and going to school and there were some semesters yeah. where like <laughs> you didn't see me unless you went to the classroom or cafe Josie's dining room. Mm. Um, but we, we basically wanted to build a, a restaurant model based on numbers. So this one was different. Cafe Josie was built on passion, was built on, you know, a, an idea of a cuisine, an idea of a dining experience. Um, and fine dining margins are not, they're, they're, they're tough. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a lot of money to be made in that. That's really something that you do because you love the art of, of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where with industry, we, we looked at it from a very strong business perspective, first and foremost, and then filled in all the fun things after that. So we built that on the numbers, um, with trying to figure out, you know, we've got a pro forma that we use and, um, 
If you don't know what that is, it's basically a, 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 a worksheet, very complicated worksheet. Ours is like 15 pages, but you can plug in all of your, your numbers, expenses, projections, labor costs, all those numbers and actually work out, you know, what you think you should be making and all that stuff. It's a very unique tool and, uh, you know, um, the more fluent you get with it, the better if you're going to start your own business. Mm -hmm. um, but either way, um, so we, we started with that and, and then we were looking at, you know, the market. Okay, we're going to be in San Marcos. We're going to have a lot of student um, employees. Um, mm -hmm. And so we started to kind of just peel back the layers of like, what, what do we think would be a successful business model in San Marcos? Um, we didn't want to do fine dining. Um, didn't think that would be the move yet. Um, so, uh, you know, this was right when counter service model was starting to kind of show itself. Yeah. We were familiar with it and we knew that that was a style of restaurant operation that we could do. It would keep our labor model low. Um, it would, it would make it easier for guests and servers to have a good experience. Mm -hmm. Um, case in point table service, your server comes to the table. They have a responsibility to tell you a certain number of things accurately whether it's questions that you have or the features of the day or whatnot. With counter service, you take all that out of the mix mm -hmm. and menus are posted, you can QR code it. So it puts a lot of the, um, the, the customer has the information that they need to make their decisions without having to rely on, you know, any of, any of my servers to, to be that, that stop gap. Mm -hmm. uh, and we did that because we were nervous at the time, like, man, college students, they're gonna be partying, they're gonna be having a good time. <laughs> Maybe they're going to show up for work. Maybe they won't. I mean, we didn't really know what we were getting into. Yeah. Um, so we were trying to bulletproof the concept to make it to where, you know, we're going to make this as easy uh, a functioning operation as possible um, th so that we don't have to stress out about certain things that we stressed out when we were doing right. the, the fine dining concept. Um, what we learned very quickly was that the, I was scared of the younger generation. I'll be the first to admit it. I was like terrified. Uh, of what sort of worker I was going to get, and I was I was I was relieved very quickly at the ability of the younger students and the workforce and how reliable they actually are. Mm -hmm. um, their loyalty, um, they they want to work hard and they want to feel good about what they're doing, and they they have different demands in the workplace than what I had when I was their age, mm -hmm. which is a very healthy thing for me to be exposed to. Mm -hmm. So over the last three years, what myself and my business partner have learned, I mean, man, we could fill books with what we thought, how things were gonna go and, and how they're going now and how we've had to evolve as business owners. Anything from how we disseminate information to how we um, reprimand somebody mm -hmm. um, to you know how you know positive reinforcement has become such a the way to go mm -hmm. um and things like that so it's been a it's been a unique learning thing there i think i'm getting a little off topic though with it um but either way the workforce has been great the students have been great um the community has been great with 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 what we got so that was a big big surprise there so you know we were we were kind of factoring all these things in into this process of how what sort of restaurant do we want to build and once we just once we you know decided the counter service model was the one, then we just started having fun with, okay, how does this flow? Mm -hmm. Let's go into the restaurant in our head, walk up, you know, what sort of signage do we need to have? Um, things like that. Um, and then it all just kind of started coming together very organically. Um, but it's, it's a process. It's a brand new concept. We created everything about it ourselves. So you, you, you kind of are limited with where you can go for 
you know, uh, another model that you could, you could like look at and go, mm -hmm. okay, let's do it like this. Let's copy right. them. We, we really kind of just created this. Now there are other similar models. It's not like we built something completely brand new, but it was, it was new to us. And mm -hmm. we had never even worked in an operation like that before. So it was a lot of new things that we were trying to figure out. So that was the big challenge with industry. The beautiful thing is when you open up a place like industry, guests don't really know what to expect mm -hmm. that first time they go in there. So you get this opportunity to kind of show them like who, who you are and, and how we do things and, and things like that. And then the guests can decide if they like it or love it or hate it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if they want to come back or not, you know, and some become regulars and some, you know, we only saw them once. Um, Valentino's on the other hand, you know, taking over a concept that was already established Right. Um, it's got an amazing following in mm -hmm. San Marcos. I mean, an amazing following. And we, we learned that once we went public with the fact that we were going to mm -hmm. take it over. Um, we were doing the summer series in the park uh, all summer long, and we had so many people come up and, and talk to us about it, you know, talk to us about like what they loved about it, excited that we were doing it, you know, specific menu items that we have to bring back. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a long wow. list of, of specific <laughs> items. And so... When we go to open up Valentino's, I'm going to be way more nervous uh -huh. because I know we're going to be busy at right out of the gate because so many people are so excited about Valentino's reopening. I mean, right. we've had people tell us stories about, you know, being a kid going there after their Little League games. Um, you know, some people even were proposed to there. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of memories of being younger and their families going there and mm -hmm. things like that. So it was a huge part of the community. Um, so the expectations for Valentino's are kind of already set and I think they're really, really high. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So you open up industry day one, you're still discovering who you are and, and what kind of concept you're going to be. And me and Harley even said after the first six months, we'll know more about who we are than, than what we thought we were when we opened because mm -hmm. the guests are going to give us the feedback on what kind of restaurant this is. Valentino's, we're going to be walking into a situation where people are expecting some the pizza they remembered from their childhood of like the best pizza memory they've ever had in their entire <laughs> mm -hmm. life. So it's, it's going to, it's more challenging mentally already knowing that there's already these expectations that are set. You don't get this blank canvas. You get people that are going to come in excited and they've got some memories that they're going to, you know, be looking to, to have again, relive that with, right. with what we offer. Um, so it's, it's a whole nother set of challenges. Um, I think it's actually going to be insanely more difficult um, than industry was just because there's gonna be a lot of people that we need to hopefully make really happy mm -hmm, yeah. that first time. So hopefully they'll be patient with us if we, if we stumble a little bit out of the gate. Um, but who knows? I mean, we're going to, we're going to hopefully day one, everything is going to be perfect. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if that's possible in the restaurant business. <laughs> I bet, I bet that's, that'll be what happens. <laughs> well, and I'm excited to try it cause I, I was not here or I wasn't aware of it. Well, you know before mm -hmm. so i'm excited to try it. yeah it yeah. closed down shortly after i moved here so mm -hmm. i i never got to try it either yeah so. no it's it's an exciting endeavor and we've got some really cool plans for the renovation you know but we're going to keep it what it was just kind of put our own touch mm -hmm. on it um and you'll find some similar service components from industry mm -hmm. to um valentino's you okay. know we, we really like the model that we created a lot of efficiencies in it mm -hmm. um so we're gonna we're gonna kind of mimic that with valentino's as well Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. You gave a lot of great, great insight and we're excited. We're actually going to be going to industry, uh, on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're excited to I see you there. I think I'll be there. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you again, Cody, for your time Absolutely. and all your expertise. It's great you. to have you. Yep. Thanks. Have a good day. <laughs> 
A Walk Across Texas State is produced by Tori Graham, Emily Hawarney, and Zachary Webb. Music by Richard Hall. For free resources and additional information about our services, head over to careerservices.txstate.edu and follow us on social media at txstcareers. Don't forget to like and subscribe to hear new episodes every other Tuesday each semester. Thanks for listening, and we will see you soon.